Hello and welcome to the Good Darts Podcast, the podcast all about darts that quality cannot be guaranteed. I'm Dan Dawson, Wayne Mardle is virtually alongside me. And this is part two of our World Championship double header, brought to you in association with Low Six. Now, we have a friendly little chat with the Low Six Home Tour champion, Nathan Aspinall, coming up. He's going into the World Championship this year as the joint sixth favourite. A last time out... Uh, we told you who we think will come through the first two quarters of the draw at Ali Pali. Uh, this time we're going to look at the other two quarters. Wayne and I in agreement that Michael Smith was going to come through quarter two, but Wayne thought that quarter one would be dominated by the world number one, Michael Van Gerwen. And of course, just to maintain form, I've gone for a left field pick of Jermaine Watamena. Uh, Wayne, uh, do you want to change your mind from last time or are you quite happy with your picks? No, 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 I'm quite happy, thank you. Oh, good. All Thank right, you. Then. Thanks for that. Well, before we get down to this uh, and all this business, what are your favourite memories and favourite moments from the World Darts Championship, either personal or just just from the tournament in general? Uh, I, I like the way that that it kind of it's grown, and this isn't just one moment, but. From 2007, when it was... Oh, so, so hang on, hang on, wait. I asked you a question, and you've just gone, I'm not going to answer... I'm going to answer a different question. That's that's just... No, be clear. no, I'm going to answer it. I'm oh, you're just answer going to answer a different it, question first? Not, yeah, it's not a specific moment. It's... it's you know what, Wayne, do, from, do what you want. Fine, whatever. Two, <laughs> 2007 <laughs> to, to 2008, it was the, the this tiny, tiny little strip club uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know if Simon Willock's ever been there, but he knows everything about pole dancing powder. So I, I'm, assu- I'm assuming he's been to the uh, the Circus Tavern. But it, it was amazing how, how it went from, uh, uh, yeah, a, a pole dancing uh, emporium to the, the Alexandra Palace within the space of like 50 weeks. And mm. darts was like, ne- it's never, ever been the same. It's never been the same. And it's so big and so, so vast of a place. And for darts to to take it over for for sort of nearly three weeks every year, I I, I still can't I still can't get my head around it. Dan, can't I still compute think, it. wow. No, I still think, geez, this is darts. This is darts now. Look how big it is, and and what a great job everyone's done. Yeah, I mean that that is an interesting one. Look, I mean the first darts tournament I covered was uh, the World Championship. It was John Park's title defence. didn't last very long. It was the 2009 World Championship. That was the very first darts tournament I covered as a journalist. It was the first darts tournament I actually physically gone to. I used to watch it on the telly, obviously. Um, but that yeah. was the second year at Ali Pali. So I never saw the Circus Tavern. I only ever saw that on the telly. How, how obvious right. was it it was a strip club or pole dancing venue? Was it, was it really like in your face when you walked in as a punter or a player or whatever? You kind of knew because it, it had that. It was it the smell, vibe of, <laughs> the vibe, yeah, it had okay. that vibe about it. it oh, Dad, without being really cool, it had that vibe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. It wasn't. <laughs> it, look, you just knew. You just knew, and uh, uh, you walked on the carpet, and it was like walking through treacle. It was. Oh, it was awful. Yeah, it was absolutely awful, and the, the it was just. It had that that rotten kind of smell to it, but. When the Worlds was on, it was so important and it become, it just transformed into something else. And yeah. it, it was just, it was a ama- an amazing place. How it, how it was the home of world darts for so long, it kind of still beggars belief, really. I mean, it, it really does. That's the power of sport, though, and that, particularly the power of darts. I mean, yeah. we've, we've talked about it before about, you know, turning normal people average working people who were it not for this sport would be out there you know emptying your bins or you know anything <laughs> who knows what they'd be doing they might be coming around and, and fixing your your electricity or plumbing a new toilet or whatever yeah. um or driving a bus but they but it turns them into these superstars and it's the same with the venues uh, i mean ali pali's a bit different because it's so grand it's so big and, and you're right I, I suppose you know as somebody who's who spent their life in the sport and seen how it's progressed I, I, I think perhaps modern day fans and I count myself as, as one you know I didn't go to a darts event yeah. before it was at Ali Pali um, I yeah. think perhaps we don't appreciate just how far it's come and half a million pounds for the winner I mean that's mad isn't it 
Yeah, and it just for throwing tungsten at, at a wall. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and not not even the whole wall. I mean, it's only a little bit of it. No, just like, a little yeah, bit. Lazy sods. Um, have you got a favourite game? Like, and, and obviously, uh, it's the Good Darts podcast. I'm encouraging left field picks here. Yeah, I know. I uh, I'm not going to say the obvious, but a game I really enjoyed watching. Uh, for it's it's a bit for obvious reasons. Um, when Michael hit the 114 average against Barney. Oh. And do you know what? I, I, even now, I still watch it quite often now. Is that Raymond was kind of with the darts, with the darts, was going 140, 140, 140, missing 81 on the bullseye, not coming back. Yeah. And then against the darts, against the darts, was going 140, 140, 140, not getting another shot. It's yeah. like, this is absolutely ridiculous. This can't carry on. This yeah, can't carry on. If that then, happens, an hour if and that ten minutes like later, once in a game, you're like, oh, dude, yeah. I mean, you, you, it's a commentator. Yeah. You're like, well, honestly, that will hurt. That will hurt. You've played, you've been per- yeah. foot perfect all the way through that leg, and then yeah. you don't even get a shot, or you lose it because you only miss one dart at the ball, despite being brilliant. That is really going to hurt as a psychological blow. If that happens five times in a game, yeah, it's like, right. how the bloody hell do you deal with that? It, it was a case of you're watching, but you're not. You, you, this is going to sound odd, but we sit in the commentary box and you're watching and it's like nine darts left 81, doesn't get a shot. Left nine darts, uh, sorry, thrown nine darts, left 41, missed his player goes out. Then when you look at your notes and it's like left 81 lost, 41 lost, 81 lost, 41 lost, you know, the scoring is is well on average of over 400 for nine darts. Mm. And yet said player has lost five legs on the bounce without having, <laughs> without having any more than one dart at a double or two darts in a double in a leg or yeah. actually in a set. And you're thinking that this is just not right. So you end up questioning yourself. You're like, no, that can't have happened. And then you, you confer, <laughs> like I would do with Rod Studd. It's kind of like, Rod, did, is he seriously at nine one forties in three legs? Because that, that, can't be beaten and it's like i know it can't be beaten like yeah but has he yes he has yeah, yeah. yes he well, has right. and okay. he has been okay. beaten yeah uh, oh. yeah and he, and he has and things like that but there are some some other ones like uh when uh, i don't uh, it's not the kirk shepherd thing that i, I go on about him all the time because i, I, I didn't don't. bring it let the record show i did not bring up kirk no. shepherd in this podcast you brought him up but he ended a, a lot of people don't realize that a couple of years later he ended up beating John Part in the World Championship. Yeah, a lot I know. of people forget that this yeah. fella wasn't a mug. He, he was just an outsider. That was all. He ended up beating Part in, I think it was 2010 or 11. Uh, uh, but it, he did. He, and, and yeah, he, he doesn't get the credit that, that he deserves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, I, I'm going to take you back for my my favourite, and this is a treasured memory uh, for me. Right. The 2013 World Championship. Like 20, 2012. 2013, golden little period for PDC Darts. Euro Tour had just started up that year in 2012. Uh, Barney was still really good. In fact, the 2013 World Championship, Barney had the highest average of anyone for the whole tournament, but he lost in the semis uh, to Taylor. It was Taylor's last ever World Championship title. He held off MVG in the final. Yeah. Uh, we saw yeah. two nine darters that tournament, including one when Dean Win Stanley hit one, ran off the stage, and he even afterwards, he doesn't, He's not quite sure where he went. To this day, he's right. not quite sure where he went. Um, but the right. magical, the magical moment that stands out, Wayne, the game, yeah. the game of that tournament is Scott yeah. Rand versus Kim Hybrex. Uh, Scott I, Rand. I remember the game. Ah, oh, what a game. I remember right? the game. Oh, What's the game, yeah. Oh, so Scott Rand, yeah. right? A truck driver from Coventry looked, if you don't remember, looked like a Lego man. Had exactly the same hair as a, as a Lego man. Looked like he could just lift it off his head. <laughs> didn't didn't move at all. It's like a helmet of hair. Um, unseeded and facing a man who just reached a major final in Minehead a few weeks before. Lost out to Taylor. Kim Hybrex, the Belgian number one. At that time, a real force in darts. Everybody's got Kim, oh, he's a hell of a player. He's on the way up. And Kim was fired up for this. Massively fired up. Rand walks on wearing a Santa hat. He steals a kiss from Kim's wife on the walk-on, who, uh, Donna Verhagen at the time, I mean, she was quite a celebrity in a sort of a way for uh, Yes, for she was, yes. Yeah. yeah. Then, then he produces 
what I can only describe as one of the most marvellous displays of showboating ever seen on a it, PDC it stage. Right, It was Even out of order, when... Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you that. When you were watching that, were you going, yeah. fair play, son, or were you going, you must lean in on my flipping act here? No, there was a lot of me giving it, I know why he's doing it. I, I can understand it. He, he, he was so into what he was doing and enjoying himself that he didn't want to calm down. And some of it was like, you can't do that. You can't do that. But I know inside of him was, yeah, maybe I shouldn't. Oh, I don't care. Oh, I don't care. It's all about, and it, my word, he enjoyed it. Did it? Oh. I, look, I know it went three. I know it went three two. But mm. did it go last leg or, or penultimate leg? No, it did. Well, well, this long, is it. So it? from the very start, right, every shot he's hitting, yeah, he's yeah. looking. He knows where the ca- he's like Joe Cullen. He knows where every camera is. Honestly, oh, if you put, oh yeah, yeah. If you put Joe Cullen in the middle of the Sahara Desert, right, and then you trained a camera on yeah. him from like the Hubble Space Telescope. And he just zoomed in, right? You would see Joe Cullen looking up and winking at it. Like, he knows where every camera is at every single moment. Like, oh, Randall was just like that. He was winking. He was looking straight down the camera, winking was, and pointing. Everything. Yes. Smirking, laughing to himself throughout the game. Every big shot, he's looking. He's milking it for everything it's worth. And, yeah. and they both backed it up because the game was brilliant. They were both averaging yeah. 100 for, for large parts of the game. They both ended up high 90s. Yeah. Goes to a deciding set. The last two sets, Scott Rander averaged 106 over the last two sets. Right. But he gets a break right. in the deciding set, goes 2-1 up. And this is the, this is the moment, right? 2-1 <laughs> up in a deciding set. He's left with 149 to win it. And he goes, trouble 20, trouble 19, and Does then he, he stops. Does he stop or something? He stops. That's it, that's it. He steps it. back. He lifts the dart to his mouth and places a tender kiss upon the flight. That's right. That's that little, right, yeah. That little murmur around Ali Pali, that anticipation where they're about, we're about to stand up and go absolutely mental. And he's just there oh, going, oh, you're, you're the winning dart, pal. You. And he steps up and he misses. <laughs> it's amazing. It could not have gone any better. It's the most hilarious moment of hubris, but it doesn't come and back and bite him because he just returns and, and wins it next visit. Kim stomps yeah. off. He has given everything to this game. Ran jigs about a bit and then goes and speaks to Rod Studd and says, I don't see anybody getting the better of me over the course of this tournament, to be honest. It was amazing. Wes Newton battered him 4-0 in the next round. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Wes, as well as Wes that... had one of the games of his life. Oh, I remember Wes, was, that. I remember well, Wes that. was a top player then as well. I mean, Wes was he not was. to be taken lightly. But as well as that... Wes as well, would that have been was... seeded high in that. Oh, yeah. Well, Wes top eight Wes, wasn't it? Top Top, top ten, eight, Wes. Yeah. Top quarterfinal, Wes. Yeah. That's what he did. That's what he did. He was he was brilliant, Wes. Yeah. He's another player that doesn't get the credit he deserves. I know he didn't win a major, no. but he made some major final. But honestly, I thought he yes, was brilliant. Correct. And I really liked yeah, watching him as well. He was good. He was quick. He was great. But the, the thing that topped it off as well, I was it was back when I was smoking. So I was you had to go out the back at Ali Pali to have a fag, <laughs> um, which to my shame. Um, in my very early days in PDC Darts, when I really was hooked on the fags, um, yeah. I was like, I can't, I can't wait. There's no, there's no convenient gap. I've had interviews between games. There's no, I'm, you know what? This game's rubbish. They're only averaging like eighty. Nothing's happening here. <laughs> I'm just going to nip out for a quick fag. So I legged it all the way out the great hall, the hall next to it. Ran down the stairs um, and just went to the back door where you could go and have a fag. Um, and yeah, yeah. Right. It was noisy, but I mean, it was always noisy. And then I came back. Yeah. And I was sat down and I was just like making notes on the, the next next leg. And then somebody goes, that nine dart was amazing, wasn't it? I was like, <laughs> yeah, 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 it was. Man. Yeah, it was amazing. I met the way he he hit that. He Who, who did? I mean, Raymond van Barneveld's incredible. Barney, Barney nine darter. Yeah, it was against Brendan Dolan. It was, like, it was an awful game. Then he checks in a nine darter and it was awful after that. Um, but that the one leg I missed was Raymond Van Barneveld's perfect nine dart leg. But anyway, irrespective of that, I never made that mistake again. I can assure you. Um, I was yeah. out the back having a fag when I was smoking, and Scott Rand was there smoking the little cigar things. Those are the little things you get in a case. I got like creme. Oh, what are they called? Cafe cremes. Or oh whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those ones. Yeah, and yeah, he'd rung yeah, his something missus. Something like that. He rung his missus. It's only about like half nine or whatever. He's like, he's, he's ringing his missus because um, they didn't have Sky. Um, so 
he right. just, just rang her up and he's like, to, to tell her, you know, I've just produced one of the most incredible performances ever seen at Alexandra Palace. I've just won myself guaranteed £10,000 in minimum in the biggest darts tournament yeah. in the world. Now, Jenny, believe I'm going to go all the way and be world champion. And literally, she yeah. told him, I haven't watched other telly. I don't care. I'm in bed. Go away. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so wow. you've got to give me the big end for like the last two hours live on telly across worldwide TV. And then he's having missing for telling to sod off. Absolutely. That's I love amazing. this game. I absolutely love this game. And that, despite all the nine darters that year, despite the Barney brilliance and Taylor and MVG, that was them staging their own personal battle for supremacy in the sport yeah. that year. Yeah. It is Scott Rand versus Kim Hybrex that left a bigger impression on me than any other. And that, I get it. That, yeah. Wayne, is the magic of this sport. <laughs> For the Devon Peterson fans, Devon Peterson is is Van Gogh-esque and Taylor-esque. The best, ultimately the best. I love darts, that's the passion, and I ooze darts. I take a good positive from that. The next step for Devon Peterson is just the sexiest, I ooze darts. They've always wanted Devon Peterson. As Devon Peterson, I was saying to myself, oh, that was good. Okay, Devon, so you look at this as a positive. Think of if Earthlings went to the moon. Devon Peterson, if he's there, God willing, he will be. The moon is definitely, inevitably, the next platform for Devon Peterson. Right, it's probably time we get to our interview for this podcast. It's a man who wins all over the place. He's won PDC titles in the casinos of Vegas, a Butlins holiday resort in Minehead, and even in his own kitchen, it is the low six home tour champion, the former UK Open champion. It is the world number six, the ASP, Nathan Aspinall. These are the questions that you should be asking. Welcome to the podcast, Nathan Aspinall, the... Low six, home tour champion, the original and best home tour, in my personal opinion. Uh, where's the plate, Nathan? The plate you won? Uh, the plate is currently in Canada. <laughs> what, why is it in Canada? Uh, so, um, obviously, low six said that they've, uh, they've made me a proper trophy, which I'm still yet to see. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get it one day, but uh, now nah, I thought I'd you know, take the opportunity to try and raise some money for, for charity and... Um, I'm like the ambassador for a darts disability league uh, in Stockport, so mm-hmm. uh, we raised some funds for them. Uh, managed to get a thousand pounds, which was great. So uh, yeah, the guy that the guy that won it was lives in Canada, so uh, sent it out to him, and it got there undamaged. And um, yeah, I don't know what he's done with it. Whether he's just like washed the uh, the marker off and started using it as a dinner plate, or whether he's actually put it up somewhere. But uh, yeah, he's in Canada. Yeah, just to explain, when Nathan won the home tour, which was the event that they held all around the world with people playing in their living rooms and kitchens and whatever, uh, didn't have a trophy, so Nathan basically just wrote the marker pen on one of his plates in the kitchen. Although, you say it got there completely undamaged, it nearly nearly smashed into a thousand pieces while you were at home, didn't it? Yeah, that was uh, my partner's fault, Kirsty. We, uh, we came up with the idea, um, and... Um, as I was about to start filming, taking a little bit of a video to explain what the prize was, she she dropped it, and luckily, <laughs> it was in the front room on the carpet, not the the back room on the tiles. So, yeah, it it got away with it. Well, you you are big time. You've ever got a lush carpet. My carpet uh, wouldn't have wouldn't have made that laugh. Um, look, you've been playing PDC darts for a number of years now, but yeah. the last two years, your life must have changed immeasurably, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, I've kind of the last two years has been it's just been mental, to be quite honest with you. Um, obviously, going back to winning the first my first major not major sorry first uh, men's title uh, in the September, then the dream run at the World Championships um, in the in the December, um, followed by the UK Open, followed by getting an invite to play in a Premier League, followed by going to Vegas. Followed by another semi-final, followed by being in the Premier League full time. It's been absolutely mental, to be quite honest with you, and uh, some something that I never thought I would achieve so early in my career. Um, but obviously, I've done it and I've grabbed it with both both hands. And uh, yeah, I've absolutely loved it. The last two years of my life have been the best two years of my life, and uh, my life's changed for the better. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm up there with the with the elite in the world. I know. Look, I mean, this is this is a well-trodden story now. The one about the weekend when you won your first title, you didn't yeah. even have twenty quid in your your bank. You had to borrow. A, a, basically, who, who did you get to transfer sort of a few pence into your account so you get the last twenty quid out because there was a charge on the bank uh, on the Ca- automatic tab? Cal- 
Callum Lewis, but I've never mentioned his name before because if he's put interest on it, it, it I'll, own my, I'll own my fortune. <laughs> well, the thing is, I mean, that that is a well-trodden story, but the, yeah. you know, leading up to that, I mean, you dropped off the tour, as you say, you know, you 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 you're on your backside. I mean, that couldn't have carried on, could it? How, were you close to no. walking away from the game? Yeah, definitely. That that weekend was the weekend where. Um, I phoned Martin up, uh, my manager, and I said, "Listen, it's, it, it isn't for me. Uh, I can't because I'd quit my job six months earlier. Um, I became a full-time pro, and I was like, it just isn't for me. I can't handle the, you know, the pressure of not the darts pressure, but the of having to go and win money to to keep a roof over my head for my family. I had, you know, two daughters. Um, Stockport isn't the cheapest <laughs> to be quite honest with you to live. Um, so." all these things were going on and they had no money and obviously when you go away at these weekends it isn't just prize money it's you know your hotel bills your food um you, you know all that kind of stuff i didn't have the money to get through the weekend and i was like listen martin i need to go back to work we'll write this year off uh, try and get a bit of money behind me uh, by going back to work and then we'll see how it goes if i lose my card I lose my card and he was kind of like listen you know shut up, you're good enough to be a pro. And, um, you know, the, the the couple of days after that, he sent me a load of money over and said, concentrate on your darts now, don't worry about money. And, uh, yeah, the, the rest is history, as I say. Well, let's go, go way back. How big a part did darts play in your life when you were younger? When did you start getting into it? Yeah, so uh, I was quite late um, playing darts. I actually didn't play darts until probably 16, 17. Mm. Um, I, you know, honestly, I didn't even know what it was. Um, it, it was like I always get asked the question, like, "What, what are your earliest memories of darts?" And honestly, God, my earliest memory of darts is probably the uh, the Adrian Lewis Phil Taylor Grand Slam. Mm. <laughs> that that and and that is quite recent. So um, I didn't really know what what darts was. Um, I played football and golf all my life, um, and then when when my football finished, I kind of thought I'd take something else up and my granddad and my dad played darts but I'd never shown any interest in it and um, started going down to the pub with my dad and my granddad and just took a really really like to it. It, it I really enjoyed the game and obviously we could have a few beers while I was playing as well so uh, yeah <laughs> I'd say 17 18 was when I first started to be honest what were you like as a kid what were you like in school were you, were you good in school <laughs> yeah oh hang on well, I know that yeah, was I was Honestly, God, I was really good. Um, I was I was quite clever um, until I got to about year eight, year nine, secondary school, and uh, yeah, I, think I, I don't have to say it out loud, but I'm guessing a few people would know what I mean. I, I uh, got into a wrong crowd, <laughs> mm. and it became a little, little bit of a, a shite, shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I was still good in school, but obviously I didn't. I didn't get the grades that you know all all through school. My family and everyone thought I was going to get, but you know um, I left school and tr tried to train to be an accountant, which was going really well until obviously the dance started. So uh, yeah, I wasn't too bad to be fair. So I mean, it, it was you had sort of got things back on track by the time you start the darts. So was the darts yeah. actually part of you sort of focusing some of that energy and, and doing something productive with your time? Yeah, uh, I was always that busy. Um, I had a daughter really, really young. I think I was only 18 when I had Brooke. Um, Kirsty was like 16, 17. So we started, we started young. Um, and I was obviously mixing, uh, having a having a baby. I was doing night, night school, uh, training to be an accountant. I also had a full-time job and I was also practicing that. So I lived off about three hours sleep a night for about 18 months. Uh, honestly, I'd, I'd literally I'd get up at what half past seven. I used to work in North Wales, so it's about an hour to get to work. I'd work till half five. I'd start night school at six till nine. I'd drive home, be home for ten. I'd practice darts from ten till one, go to sleep, and did that every day for like eighteen months. <laughs> um, so I had put the I had put the effort in of you know um, not just from the darts side of things, but obviously I wanted to be an accountant. And you know, I worked hard early on in early on in my career, and you know, at the time it wasn't paying off. I wasn't earning much money, but uh, you know, now I can look back at that, and it was all worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. I'm. Look, I'll be honest, Nathan. I would see you. 
I'd see you in the World Youth Championship final. I'd yeah. see you on the tour, that first spell before you dropped off the tour. And I was like, look, he's obviously a good player. I didn't know you could be as good as you are now and produce the kind of things that you've been doing. The stuff you produced at the World Championship, the US Darts Masters final, that 118 average against Peter Wright and a nine data on the tour, and being so consistent, you're a Premier League runner-up. I, I didn't know you could do this. Did you always know that you had that in your locker? Um, I always believed that I can play it at a level with the top boys. Um I used to practice in my kitchen. This is before, well, probably when I, I first got my talk card the first time. And, you know, and I'm, I'm not lying when I say this, I'd play like first to 20 legs against the computer. And sometimes I've had this 115, and this was like four or five years ago. Um, and But that's in my kitchen <laughs> against yeah. a, a computer. But I always knew I had that game in me. Uh, the problem for me was, early in my career, was I was so conscious about my throw. Um, pundits used to always go on about it like he'll never with that throw he can never get to the heights of like top 16 top 32 because I do have this unorthodox hop shall we say and mm. um, I've worked really hard on it and every now and then when I'm struggling I look back at a video on YouTube from like 5-6 years ago and look at a video now and now I've told you like, if you look at it the difference is unreal <laughs> how much I've stopped moving even though I still move a lot Mm. compared to how it used to be the difference is night and day and that's something I've worked on I'm still working on uh, as we speak you know I worked on this for five six years trying to keep myself still and um, you know I believe that if I could change my throw slightly to, to have less movement on the hockey then you know I can I could get up to the top did I think so quick probably not but uh, yeah I always believed in myself that I could make it where I am now um, and like I say it's, it's all down to putting hours and hours of practice in and you know working on my throw. Oh, you don't listen to pundits, though, Nate. Eh? Pundits, <laughs> pundits are idiots. They don't. I mean, yeah. That's that's an interesting one. I mean, how hard is it to focus on yourself and play your own game and compete in all these high pressure, high stakes matches without all the noise around all the stuff on social media, whatever people are saying on the telly. I mean, I know you can just say, look, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I can block it out, but it's very difficult to eliminate all that noise around your life and your work and your performances, isn't it? Um, yeah, I'm one of the guys, I absolutely hate it. Mm. Um, and especially because, um, you know, the, 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 pe the people that are the worst, without naming the names... Are Go on, name them, name them. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, the, the, these, these guys that are now doing it, they have played and they've been in our position and they know how hard and how tough it is. And when they're, I know they've got to try and make entertaining for people, but when they're commentating... Then they're always there to to pick up on the nitty gritty things and put the plays down, uh, and they know they should know that it's you know they've been in a, that position before, things happen during games and uh, you know people people say stuff about me, people say stuff on Twitter and all that, and it's you know it it, it annoys annoys me. And at the moment, dark players are getting a lot of abuse on on social media, like Mike Smith has been getting it quite a bit recently, and mm -hmm. it just. It's hard, you know, get up there and do it yourself and then see how you you fare. But, uh, yeah, there's a few of them. Um, it's hard not to listen to him, but sometimes I try and put a positive spin on it. Yeah, I mean, look, I think there's a difference between abuse getting from random internet idiots and yeah. then just people trying to analyse what's going on. Yeah. But you are quite good. You're quite good on social media. I, I immediately think back uh, to the Premier League finals night when you posted a picture of you opening a bottle of fizzy wine in celebration <laughs> and tagged in yes. the PDC. That was an interesting move. I didn't know I tagged the PDC until you told me. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe I'd done that. Uh, now, listen, the, the thing with me is... Uh, I've not, I've not changed as a person. You've known me when I was at the start of my career, and I'd like to think that you, you'd also say that. Um, I've not changed as a person. Um, the only difference is I've got a, f a bit more money in my bank, <laughs> but that doesn't mean you have to change. And, uh, you know, that was a little thing where we got back, and Kirsty bought me a bottle of champagne for saying, like, well done. It was a, you know, it was a Sainsbury's own. It wasn't a crystal or anything like that. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a cheap, cheap ten pound bottle. But uh, yeah, like I said we'll do a little video as a, you know, for, for social media. But by this time we'd already had a, a couple of bottles of wine, and uh, yeah, I was a bit worse for wear. For, completely forgot I did it. To be quite honest with you. <laughs> 
I, I must have had so many notifications on my phone. I'm like, what's what's all this? I don't, and then I looked, and I was like, oh no. And then obviously I seen you in Germany. You said I can't believe you tagged the PDC, and I went, what? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it just makes make, makes it who I am. You know what I mean? I, I'll never change, and that's kind of who I am. January fourth, can we tag in the PDC again if you win the worlds? <laughs> Definitely. But that probably will be a bottle of crystal. <laughs> Wayne, I adore watching that man play darts. I enjoy interviewing as well. He's, he's always good value, is Nathan. Have you been surprised with just how good he is at this sport? Uh, no, no. Really? I, I was the benef- no, I was the beneficiary of, uh, of, you know, when he had the first run in the Worlds in, was it 18, two years ago? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's only been in two Worlds. He's only been in two Worlds, yeah, 19 yeah, then, and 20. Yeah. And semi-finals in both. Well, it, he was a hundred to one to win his quarter. Mm. And I said to Rod Studd, Mab, Mab, you've got to get on. I said, he's too big. He's too big. Well, I was allowed 39 pound on by oh William Hill. And I took them to the cleaners. Oh I couldn't my. get on anywhere else. And I, I, I won 3,900 on the ASP. And do you know what? I, I, we, you know, you, you've seen the rise and rise of Nathan Aspinall and... and Whilst he, he, he touches there about the, the way he's trying to, to change his action for the better. Look, it, what he does, he does it very, very well. And he replicates what he does. And that's important. Well, he's yeah, one yeah. hell of a player. He's he's world number six now. Uh, who's to say? The way the world's going, he, he could he could easily end up top four. Yeah. I, I look, I mean, I, I genuinely, he is... He's very, very close to my favourite player to watch playing darts. And I think he's yeah. certainly up there with a lot of other darts fans just because you know what he, he's got something. It's the energy, it's the attitude, yeah. but it's also the quality. And But I have to say, and yeah. I said it in the interview, I said it to Nathan, I didn't realise he could be this good because, yes, he'd won a title. I'd seen him on the Pro Tour win that title before the World Championship. And it's a, a famous story now about how he was potless at the time. Yeah, that's but right. Yeah. We'd seen him before then. We'd seen him on the tour before then. We'd seen him in a World Youth final against Max Hopp. We'd seen him drop off the tour. And even in the year where he was playing Challenge Tour stuff and just appearing every now and again on the tour, and he, I kept watching him going, you're throwing a lot of 180s, actually. You're, you're, you're not to be taken lightly. I never thought yeah. he could do the kind of stuff he produced at the Worlds. I mean, even in defeat to Michael Smith in his first year um, in the semi-finals. Amazing game. Absolutely amazing. But he genuinely, I had to reevaluate my assessment of Nathan Aspinall at that point, that tournament, because he was doing things I didn't, I just hadn't seen before. And the fact that he's carried yeah. on doing them, I think is amazing. And I think you could hold Nathan Aspinall up to any young player. And in fact, there are many players I've talked to, not necessarily young ones either, who just go, well, Nathan can do it. Nathan's done it. Like you know, people, yeah. people weren't talking about Nathan as being a world, future world champion a few years ago, despite the fact he'd been on the tour for a while. And look at him now. People are definitely saying that now. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was a, a point, wasn't there, when we was all talking about the next young buck coming through. Is it going to be Max Sarp? Is it, is it going to be uh, Michael Smith? We're, we're going back sort of uh, four, five, six years. And no one, no one mentioned Nathan Aspinall. Yeah, Because exactly. he, he wasn't at that level. He wasn't at that level. Uh, there's others that whose, whose names I've, I've forgotten, but... There was a, a long list, and none of none of us were kind of giving it. Wow, well, look at Nathan! But look, full credit to him. He works hard. He, he's got a, a good family behind him, and he understands it's an opportunity for him to to put his life to his whole life. Just put it on another level, and if he can stay there, just mm. stay there for another another kind of five ten years then he can make a lot of money and he can do he can do it right. He can do it right. And that will see him uh, carve out a, one hell of a career. Cause he will win. He's going to win more because he's that type. He really uh, is. I, I think so, certainly. I mean, it's interesting what he had to say about pundits and trying to shut out the noise of what other people say to just focus yeah. on his own game. Look, I mean, you're a pundit. I assume he's talking yeah. about you. I mean, what do you uh, make? I mean... I did try and tie and temper. There's different, you know, somebody giving you abuse on social media is different to a yeah. pundit saying, well, looking at his throw, he may be playing well right now, but I'm not sure he's going to do it in future or whatever. 
then, I mean, they're, yeah. they're totally different things. But, I mean, is it difficult as a player? I mean, you would have had it. There would have been commentators yeah, saying, well, he needs to stop all this fannying around and acting like a clown. He needs to get his head down and play DOS or whatever. I mean, how hard is it to deal with as a player? Yeah, I, I did have it. I, I had it with Sid Waddell. who would constantly, constantly go on about the Mardell drift. And it become... <laughs> it. it it become, honestly, I would go 140, 140, then I'd go treble five, treble 20, treble 20. So I've hit 140, 140, 135. I've left 86. I've gone 54, 32. And all I'm thinking, I've gone out in 11 darts to win a set in the world, and I'm thinking, he doesn't want to mention the Mardell drift there, surely. Because that one dart. I, because that one dart. And it, it got that bad. It got that bad to... And the, I've got a book coming out in March for anyone that, that wants to know. It's called Slinging Arrows, uh, How Not to Be a Professional Darts Player. It's in the book. It's in the book where I actually phone Sid up. I phone him up. And it's a case of now, it, it's a bit like how, uh, my mate said. But anyway, it, it was one, I was like, right, I've got to get facts here. Well, I played on this particular night, I played John Park. Mm. And I beat John Part in a Premier League 9-3. I averaged, call it 97, 98, whatever it was, can't remember. It was pretty good for me. And mm. I remember thinking, right, I, I need to watch this back. So I watched it back. I counted, Dan, I counted. Mm. I hit two treble fives and two single fives in 12 legs, Dan. Right, now, okay. that, I mean, that's, that's... that's straight by anyone's uh, barometer. So anyway... Do you know what? On four occasions, he mentioned the Mardell drift. And I'm thinking, right, this ain't on. This ain't on. So anyway, I phoned him. I phoned him. I give it to Sid. All right, all right, pal, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I always got on with him. And I said, look, I just think you're being unfair. I said, because people are now saying the Mardell drift. We're waiting for it. I've hit 180, 180, and they're waiting for a Mardell drift. I said, I don't like it. I said, I don't like it. And I said, and when it's fair, so when I'm doing it, when I'm doing it, I don't care. When I'm doing it, I don't care. You can say it. You've got every right to say it. That's your job. And tell them why I'm doing it. Don't just say things. Don't just... And he went, well, right, okay. I said, do you know why I'm doing it? And it was like, well, you, 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 you're throwing over to the left. No, Sid, no, no. Why am I throwing over to the left? Anyway, he didn't know. He didn't know. So when I critique a player's throw... Uh, I always offer why it's happening. Yeah. And offer I... why. And that's the important thing with, with Nathan. And he's obviously listened. But do you know what I find really interesting is that mm. he's obviously trying to change his, change his throw, which he said he has done for the last five years. So he knows there's a problem. Yeah. He well, knows that, there's a problem. That's the interesting thing, isn't it? He's like, oh, I don't yeah. like it. I don't like people talking about it, but I mean, I am I am trying to trying to deal with it obviously i mean <laughs> that's the yes. problem about doing yes. things in public isn't exactly, it? people are yeah. gonna take exactly. a look at it um you know yeah. that game you were saying about uh you beating john park was it eight four did you say yeah, yeah eight four was it in uh, Midness, nine three nine three i think i thought do you know what i can't remember i can't remember i thought it was, I was eight, just having uh, a look at I john park wayne mardle games right what what maybe right. you average and i think you'd plumped 97 and the yeah. eight four I saw, you'd average ninety one. Right, that's it. That so. could be it. That yeah. could be it. All Probably I remember a bit more is lateral drift played... than you thought, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. But maybe. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, I, I didn't like it, and it was a kind of right. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it, and I didn't want him to to stop saying it. It was a case of context. Just, just don't don't just say Mardell drift for, for because someone's at a five. Why why is it happening? And this is where I find players now they're. They're a bit more kind of educated and they, they know what they're doing wrong. So when someone says it, which I always will, I'll pick up on any fault anyone makes. But mm. I'll also talk about the, the marvellous well, things job. that they do. That's your job. That's, that's my job. It's do. my yeah, job. Absolutely. And they don't like me and I I couldn't care less. He couldn't care less. Well, look, I mean, the Asp <laughs> no, is one no, of the guys... No, I really don't care. Oh, no, no, honestly, genuinely he doesn't. Uh, that That is honest stuff. Uh, but the Asp is one of the guys in the bottom half of the draw at the World Championship. We're going to be taking a look at that next as Wayne Mardle yes. drifts into predicting mode. Jesus Christ, I'm good at these segues. He's a cracking player. He's brilliant. Trust me. Like me 30 years ago. He's a cracking player. He's a good player. And he's the one for the future, I think. I like the confidence. I like the cocking. It's fantastic. 
For me, he's a breath of fresh air. I like him. He's a cracking player. He's a genius at what he does. He is a fantastic player. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, I like his antics. Brilliant player. I like his attitude. Trust me. I like him. Now you're going to be shot now. You disrespectful little shit. That's my exact thoughts. Rubbish. It was rubbish. Not good at all. But his attitude is wrong. Trust me. I think he needs to grow up. He needs to learn. I've had enough. I've had enough now. Is he future now? Nah, I don't think so. Let him sit down and cry a little bit. Right, as we did last time, we're not going to go through every match because it would take forever and it would be boring. But we are going to post our picks on Twitter and we'll look at the quarters individually to try and give you a steer for your low six and PDC picks if you're playing along wherever you are. Big up, by the way, to the one person who downloaded the podcast in Japan. Props to you and Arigato Gazaimas. Uh, I really hope it's Seigo Asada. I mean, you will not understand a word of it, but I do not care. If Seiko Asada <laughs> is just listening to the noises of this podcast, that will suffice. Uh, anyway, um, I had Michael Smith coming through quarter two. So did Wayne. I had Jermaine Watamina coming through quarter one. Wayne went for some other Dutchman called Michael. Uh, let's now address the other half of the draw. Quarter three. Now this... This is a tasty... Well, they're all tasty ones, but this is the title yeah. defence quarter. Top seed is Peter Wright. Yeah. Other top 16 players, James Wade, Ian White, Christoph Ratajski, and then dangerous unseeded players. I mean, you've got Ryan Searle, Ryan Joyce, Callan Ridd. But this is probably the section where the sort of second tier, is, the seeds between 17 and 32, yeah. look the most dangerous. Whitlock, Clemens, yeah. Desvan. Same three questions, Wayne. Where are the shocks? Where are the entertainment? Who's coming through it? Right, right. I, I, right doesn't get through. And I think the shock comes with him losing to Gabriel Clemens. I knew you were going to say that. I, I, I knew you were going to say Clemens. that. You, you really like Clemens. You like Clemens. I know that. I do. I do. Look, Hamilton and Kurz, Nico Kurz, they, they, they can't match Clemens. Not for scoring, not for consistency anymore. Normally, you'd say Andy Hamilton was Mr. Consistency, but that, that game's gone. So I don't see Wright getting through. I see Clemens pulling off a, a, a minor shock. Wouldn't be a huge shock. The oh, come on. No, that's a big yeah. shock. Peter Wright is, is Would it second... be a big shock? Peter I... Wright is second only yeah, I rate to Kevin Price in terms of number of titles this year. He he has yeah, been at point. times... I... Un... You, yeah. you saw the European Championship. He was unplayable there. Yeah, I, I just rate Clemens that highly. I, I believe... He's got to start to believe, though. I didn't like the way he lost to Adam Hunt in the... Uh, the, the Grand Slam. I thought that was a bit feeble. Uh, that got me thinking that. You know, uh, you know, he wants to put that to bed. You know, sometimes when you've got a, a match uh, between two players and you think, right, in terms of all possible outcomes, say, let's put... Um, what about it? Gabriel Clemens and Adam Hunt? Let's put them... Michael on. Van Gerwen versus yeah. Simon Whitlock. And you yeah. would think, the vast majority of the time, OK, Whitlock might win this, but he's going to win it in a close yeah. one. Van Gerwen yeah. might win this, he'd win it in a close one, but Van Gerwen could also tear off into the distance and leave him trailing in yeah. the dust. Simon Whitlock yeah. is not going to do that to Michael Van Gerwen. Now, I say that, we saw that at the match play because he absolutely wiped the floor with him and nobody really saw that coming, yeah. but it happened. Yeah. Um, With that one with Peter Wright and Gabriel Clemens, at any point over the last few years, I could see... Any results between those two? Because if Clemens is on fire right. and Peter Wright has an off day, or the other way around, then one yeah. of them could average 107 and the other one average somewhere like 90 or whatever. Yeah, and I'd it's just that. game yeah. over. And you don't really get that usually with Michael Van Gogh. And this year's been a bit different. But Peter Wright still has those inconsistent. We saw him in Minehead at the play. Sorry, yes. Coventry, Players' Championship Finals. There's still that little <laughs> touch. And I'm not completely convinced that you can get through Clemens or maybe Whitlock or Ratajski in It's a tough draw, round. isn't it? It, it, it really is nice. a tough draw. It's not nice. No, it's not nice. And even if he does get through those, then, in my opinion, he's going to play Wade anyway. And I, I just see it all being... I don't mean too much, but I, I don't think he's playing anywhere near what he was last year. And I, for a man that absolutely romped to victory in the European Championships, Peter Wright has <laughs> regressed pretty quickly. Yeah, but he really much... has. It's quite, it's quite yeah. worrying, really. 
But, yeah, but the thing is, we didn't see him get out of the group at the Grand Slam. And I know it's three games, but it is three first to five games. Can you read that much into Because over a longer format game, you think, well, he's going to get into his stride and sort it out at some point. Didn't against Mervyn King, of game course, must... in the last stages of yeah. the Players' Championship. Form. That was the last game we saw him play, Dan. That was the last time we saw him play, and it was pathetic. Mm. You see, the least <laughs> convinced I've been by Peter Wright all year, yep. unfortunately for Peter Wright, have come in the last two tournaments of the year yep. uh, leading up to the yep. World Championship. And that is why I also don't think he's going to make it through this quarter. You think Wade's going to do it, don't you? Uh, look, I think Wade's going all the way, baby. I think there are too many dangers do. for him. I think there are too many dangers for him in this little section for the draw. I think Bunting's got a winning record for him, and I don't think Bunting's going to yep. make it out of the quarter, but I know he can produce big results. I think that White is getting back to his best. I think I really like Ryan Searle. I really, really like yes. Ryan Searle. I think he's so, so dangerous. But I think this There's is There's a the lot year. to like. Yeah, there is. There really is. I mean, he can't see, but he can hit anything. Um, and and I think that it's going to be, and I maintain, I maintain that Christoph Ratajski will get it right at some point in a big one, and maybe yeah, it has it. to. Clemens might yeah. beat Wright, and it, I think I think if he does, that's great because Wright has been an absolute nemesis for Christoph Ratajski. I think Christoph Ratajski can absolutely destroy Gabriel Clemens as if he was just yes. nothing beneath his heel. If it's Peter Wright, there's a yeah. psychological barrier there. But even yeah. even with a psychological barrier, if Peter Wright has an off game, Christoph Ratajski is going to be there to pounce. I think Ratajski can beat Snakebite if he needs to. I think he can reach the quarters. But I think the Diamond Ian White will overcome him to reach his first World Championship semi-final. Do you? I think, I do, do you? He's been... Right. I mean, he's so unlucky against Devon. Right. I, do, I, do, I think yeah, he can look, get it right. He, look, he was the better player. Let's, let's be fair. He just couldn't finish him off. Now I I think this is a real real tough quarter to call I I, I really do. I, I, so I, I'm, I'm going for Wade because I, so many threats. Look, whoever comes through it, they're going to have to have played some amazing darts. They, you're not going to scrape through this, are you? Yeah. You, you're just not. You're going to have to play well so I, often. I don't see how the draw opens up for anybody. That's the thing because no, even it, if you it see won't. upsets, it's like oh, it's somebody else is really good. It's not like you're going to yeah, right. like. One big yeah. name disappears from your section of the draw, yeah. and all of a sudden, I'm not playing anybody else. You know, inside the top forty, it's just top yeah. players everywhere, and it's like I don't. Whoever's gonna, and that's why I think that Ian White is in a great position to do it because I know that Ian White, if he plays properly, can play at a consistent level. I don't think he's going to have to average 105 like it or whatever he did against MVG no, 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 the no, European no. champion. I don't think he's going to have to do that. No. But if he can play normally in White stuff and average 98, 97, that wins you games. That wins you lots of games unless somebody does something spectacular, and yeah, I I, I think maybe okay. I, maybe I hope, but I think he can do it. I'm gonna go for Ian White. Um, yeah, good good luck to you and him because that would well, be nice. Exactly, it would be nice. It would be nice. Uh, there, yeah. there are not many yeah. nicer people in the world of darts than Ian White. Come on, and... come on, Ian for Dan. Come on, yeah. Ian for Dan. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Uh, quarter four then we've already decided who's coming through three quarters of the draw but quarter four it's going prices quarter but I'm looking at this yeah. and look at this is some of the best first round ties as individual games I'm not suggesting that yes. the, the, the winners of these games might have the biggest influence on the tournament but in terms of individual yeah. games I really like yeah. this quarter the top seed is going price the other top 16 players we have are Jose de Souza, Nathan Aspinall, Daryl Gurney. Dangerous unseeded players. I mean, there are loads of them. Boris Karchmar, yeah. Jeff Smith, Keen Barry, Ross Smith, Max Hopp, Scott Waits, Matt Campbell, who we saw at the World Cup with Canada. There are yeah. loads of them. Now, I think yeah. this could be the most entertaining quarter of the draw, certainly in the early stages. But where are the shocks for you? Who comes through it? Right. Well, I have a quite a strong opinion on this. Oh, a strong I one. Have I have like a feeling. Yeah, I, yeah, I have a feeling that in the last 16, Vincent van der Voort and Keane Barry are going to battle it out for a quarterfinal spot. Yeah, you see, you did tell us this the other day, didn't you? Because you quite fancied... I, could, I still I mean, fancy it. I've not put myself off. And the more I keep you, looking at it, I'm thinking, do you know what... I, I don't, I don't want to put people down, but I just don't like the way Daryl Gurney's playing right now. I don't think he'd be confident 
of beating Zonnefeld or uh, William O'Connor. I think it'd be William O'Connor. Dobie, I don't know what's going wrong with him. He can play on the home tour, but he can't play on a big stage. That his his game's gone gone walkies. Hmm. It's I and I think Keen Barry's better than than I'm going to take the liberty and call Jeff Smith a journeyman. I think the, the, the Lakeside finalist Jeff Smith and the greatest player in North America right now, Jeff Smith. That's who you're calling a journeyman. Yes, I, I oh. think. Oh, King oh no, yeah, Barrett, just making sure it's the he, same one. Yeah, yeah, same one, same one. <laughs> King Barrett is just he's he's scarless. He's absolutely scarless. The others, they they got things going on around them. There's 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 worries. There's there's concerns that uh, they they don't do it enough for me. Right now, mm. Gurney is a winner. We know that. And if he gets his A game on, then then kind of put him through to the semi-finals. Now, oh, he's uh, not playing but, well at the minute. Hang on, how how are he's you not. seeing? He's who's, not. Who's beating in that little section of the? Who's beating Nathan Aspinall in that section of the draw? Right. Uh, who's beating Aspinall? I really believe that Waits can take care of him. Should have taken care of him in the Players Championship. Different different venue. Uh, sorry, different format. I I know mm. that. I know that, but I really believe that Vincent van der Voort beats the winner of whether it be Kretschmar or Moulinkamp, and then he, he takes out Aspinall Waits. I think Waits beats Matt Campbell. Waits is underestimated, you know. I, I, He's honestly, so I, underestimated. I, I, I've been I've been watching him all year on the Proton, going, and you see him go, brilliant game, decent game, very good game, and then drop off a cliff. Right, he's Poor, been doing this yeah. in these yeah. multi multi game days. He just finds yeah. a point in the day where he just stops. Right, but yeah. one game per day, a man who's won multiple yeah. world titles in that format, won the Grand yeah. Slam of darts. This bloke is so so dangerous. I still Correct. think Nathan Aspinall is the man to beat in that little bit of the draw, though. Yeah, and I, I, think no, I, get I agree with you. Yeah, I yeah, think he'll I agree get stopped with you. by Nathan. And, but I also right, think right. I think Vincent's got trouble against Boris Karchmar potentially. Have you? I mean, right. so have I, you seen much I, of? I don't, him? I don't. Yes, yes, I have. Yes, I, I mean, he's, I, I he's ridiculous. Kind of, he's erratic. He lost to Vincent's Michael Smith not. 108 average <laughs> the other day not. on telly. <laughs> oh, mate, Boris Karchmar is, is going. Yeah, but to you be summed dangerous. it up. You, you, you just said it. He played great and lost. I, mm. I, do you know what? What I've seen, it, it's like I. I've mentioned it before on here, Dan Lowby. Yeah. I, do you know what? I, Ian Boris, I, there's something about them, Dan. Whenever I watch them, they don't do it. I can only see as I find, and they, they don't do it for they, me. That's, that's all you can do. We're, all we're asking is you to talk from the heart. Uh, but... Yeah, and I, do you know what? I love what Vincent's playing at the moment. I just like uh, the way he's going yeah. about his business. I think it's a different van der Voort. I just do. I just do. And I want to see him reap his rewards. And Keen Barry, I love the way that, that the young kid just gets on with the game. Uh, but well, what you quite rightly said when we had a look at this this quarter, Ross Smith, Dave Evans, uh, Campbell on weights, and then you've got mm. Smith and, and Keen Barry, William O'Connor and Neil Zonneville. That would be a good game. Mullen Camp Karchmar. I think it's going to be Mullen great. And Mullen Camp as Campbell. well, yeah. I, 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 you know, yeah. We've talked before. I, yeah. I genuinely think there's something bubbling with Max Hop. I don't really think it's ready right now, but yeah, yeah. I, there's so in the first round, this looks so interesting. Who's stopping Doesn't Price then? You, you're thinking uh, Vincent van der Voort, Keen Barry might make it through this quarter, but who's stopping him? Because if no, it's no, going to be Jose de Sousa, then who's yeah. then stopping Jose? Keen Barry? Yeah, I, I actually, I actually think that that Price does come through. Oh. I think he comes through. Uh, no, I think Price comes through. But I, I believe that, I believe that he will beat Vincent van der Voort or Keen Barry to, in the quarterfinals. That, that's what I believe. Ah, but you're um, laying off I, massively at this point and reaping your rewards. Yes, yes, yes. I am. There we yes, are. Yes, I am. Well, I, yeah. I have to say, despite all of this talent, all of these incredible first round games, and I have to say, I haven't mentioned enough of Ross Smith, who I think will beat Jose de Sousa. There we go. I've said it now. Um, do take you? Out. I do, do you? I do. I've been so impressed with wow. Ross Smith. Honestly, I think he's amazing. Wow. Um, I think he's really, I, I, really I agree. Good. He's playing beautifully right uh, now. I don't think he gets beyond round four because I think Gerwin Price is going to be there and Gerwin Price is going to be very difficult to stop. 
but I think the only yeah. person, perhaps the best equipped person in the world to stop Gerwin Price, will do so in the quarterfinals because our guest on the podcast this week, Nathan Aspinall, who adores playing him, is going to come through right. this fabulous-looking quarter. And in the quarterfinals, it'll be Price versus Aspinall, just as it was in the first round a couple of years ago where Nathan came back from two sets down and turned it around and won it. And I think we're going to have one of the games yeah. of the tournament. I think it's going to be the Iceman and the Asp fighting out for a semi-final spot uh, against, well, I mean, take your pick. Because, I mean, you say Wade, I say White. Most people will say Wright. Some people will say Ratajski. Who flipping yeah. knows? I don't know. But that <laughs> is how we think it's going to work out. Wayne... So so you think that you think the asp will reach the semi-final for the third year on the boing? Well, the thing is, the the only thing we can go on predicting the future is what's happened in the past. And Nathan of course, Aspinall of course. has only ever gone to world championships and reached the semi-finals at least. So we've I'm all saying, done that. We've all done. Literally I mean, did it for a living, Dad. Are you worried that he's going to stop your five-time semi-final time? Has anybody reached? Nobody's reached more semi-finals than you at the Worlds, have they? Well, no, the, the, the actual record Without is, reaching a final. No one, yes, no one's reached five semi-finals uh, in the World Championships w without reaching the, the final in the end. Mm. I hold, I hold, yeah, no one wants the record I, I possess. Well, do you, th do you think the answer's uh, coming uh, for it? No, no, no. I th I th uh, no, I think he'll reach a final. I, I think he's, he's, he's very good. I think uh, he reaches the final just, this year, you know. I think he reaches yeah, the final. Look, I think Michael Smith beats him in it. You know what you did in the top quarter? You're looking for someone else. Mm. Uh, I'm looking for someone else. That's all. I'm trying to be clever. I'm trying to... to in, in five weeks' time, I want people to say, Mardell's a genius. Is he oh, yeah. a genius? Look, no, it was a lucky guess. You've stumbled, you've stumbled them on my... You see, if, the big three are obviously Van Gerwen... Right, and Price. Now, they yeah. should reach the semi-finals. And then somebody else from that weird quarter where Michael Smith yes. should do it, but it could be anybody. De Devon might take who could knows. Could be anyone, yeah. But yeah. If, if we get the top three in the world, or even the top four in the world if Michael Smith gets there, but the top three in the world yeah. and another person, honestly, it'll be so exciting. It will be so when flipping just... exciting. Yeah. Usually, Call a winner then. Yeah. Usually, there are some shocks. Some shocks along the way. Yes. Now, when I was going through this and I was taking it quarter by quarter, I realised at the end of it, I'd put none of the big three into the semi-finals and then I felt an idiot. But the thing is, I've already committed to this now, so it doesn't matter. I mean, it does sound yeah. absolutely ridiculous to say that the obvious three best players on the planet and none of them will reach the final four. But I think it's going to be Watamina versus Smith in one half and then White... Maybe retire. No, let's go white. Come on, Ian White versus Aspen right, right. in the other. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, I would like White to, to have a run as well because he, he's just so good and he can't keep underperforming when it matters. Oh, yeah. no, 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 that's kind of unfair. He can't keep losing when it matters because he doesn't underperform all the time. He Not the world. At the world, he's beat. been unlucky. At the world, he's been unlucky. Yes, there have been has. other occasions where yeah. he's messed things up, but he's been unlucky at the world. I think that's pretty much... We, we, we told you who, who reaches the semis. Um, we're going to be back over the course of the World Championship. I don't know how often. I don't know how uh, it's exactly going to work. Every day, Dan. Dan, every, Dan, every well, day. I mean, you will be. You, I, I mean, I'll be broadcasting across various radio stations across the world. Wayne will, of course, be leading the coverage for Sky Sports. But as for the Good Dance podcast, which I know that is the most important of these various media formats, uh, we don't quite know. But we'll figure something out. Uh, anything further to add, Wayne, a... before we launch ourselves into the Worlds? Yes, we should do a Good Darts podcast during the Worlds every 15 minutes. Just as an update. <laughs> Just as an update. Right. Okay. I'm going to move my little radio position to the top of Ali Pali roof. And I'm just going to shout into the sky. Uh, so if you want to listen to the yeah. uh, Good Darts podcast, move within around, I'd say about 200 yards of Alexandra Palace. And you can listen live. You can even interact by throwing stuff at me or just asking questions. Uh, again, <laughs> Wayne won't be that fast. However, we will post on Twitter 
irrespective of what else we're doing, our various individual picks for the one-off games. So that'll give you some kind of a steer as to what we think uh, if you're playing along on the low six and PDC picks apps. Uh, small stakes betting to win cash prizes. Remember, you've got to be 18 years of age at least. Resident in the UK. Terms and conditions apply. Please gamble responsibly. If you don't, when you finally approach what should be the absolute pinnacle of your career, when your destiny is within reach and you can almost taste the glory you deserve after years of work and graft and dedication and tears, Kirk Shepard will turn up and ruin it for you. And if you have a problem with gambling or a friend does, then please visit begamblerware.org.